0: What's up guys welcome to another verb moto broadcast this is going to be a great one we've got none other than Stu Baylor on the podcast and we get into some crazy stories and even sort of just get off the beaten path lots of fun all right let's get to it I am your host Brad Gebhardt with me on the line we have uh the big boss the hot sauce uh he's usually got red backgrounds he's just an absolute badass on a dirt bike goes by the name of Stuart Baylor Stuart welcome to the show.
1: It's good to be here. It's uh, been a long time coming. Obviously, you guys are so moto that you can't see when somebody's a badass on the other side of the world. But I've been here. I've been waiting. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I've got news for you, my friend. Uh, we did participate in uh, a J-Day event. Um, that was a, that was an off-road event. And if I'm not mistaken, you were invited um i believe there was some sort of uh, conflict with verbadilla um but yeah by hook or by crook we're gonna get you out to one of those events sometime and see if you really do have the skills to pay the bills
1: i have no problem with it um we uh we've actually had some verb events see this shows how much you pay attention how i met zach heron was at a verb event, at, event at my place there you go show. earlier, yeah. I wasn't
0: even involved yet. I wasn't, See, I wasn't part uh, of I, was, I, I hadn't been brought into the fray, that was literally like a month before my uh, neither I. So I'll give you a haul back. I got lucky. <laughs> uh, and this other uh, good looking individual who's either beside me or below me, depending on how this is being recorded properly into my computer, is none other than the voice of GNCC, Zach Heron. Zach, thanks for uh, jumping on here. You got a little bit more information than I do on Stuart. so uh, you're actually going to be steering the ship a little bit. I'm kind of just along for the ride.
2: Well, no, it's uh, it's cool to be here. It's uh, it's been fun. Yes, yeah, Stu hit the nail on the head. Both my relationship with uh, Stu and kind of the off road side of racing, and then Verb Moto as well, started at his place uh, in January at the Shoals. They had the the Verb Shred Tour kind of kicking off the year, and uh, they had me out, and it was uh, it was impressive. Stu through his reputation and I mean that in a good way I had heard of him but uh no Stu was one of the couple riders that I was aware of uh, I'd ridden with Josh Strang a couple of times but no same thing uh we were even talking off camera like where did like how did you come into the sports dude did you grow up racing Moto like I your father raced as well right obviously if anybody doesn't know you've got a brother that's also uh in the Xc1 class in GNCC but like how did you kind of get into racing
1: yeah so my grandfather started uh in the 70s um so started back then and kind of shifted into the the family affair with my dad going to the races my my dad was in um the first ever youth enduro um hey my grandma remind me and show me the ride up but yeah so um in 1978 maybe um down at sumter which is still our first round for national enduros Um, he participated in the first ever Youth National Enduro or Youth Enduro. So, um, and then long story short, ended up with my brother and I starting about as soon as we could walk, or I guess technically like Strider age, like, cause back then those weren't a thing. So it's like, I'm on a bike and point him in a direction and hope that he figures it out. (laughs) Um, so yeah, we, uh, we've been, we've been doing it since we were diapers. That's That's unreal. uh,
2: Yeah, you clearly figured out how to do it. And so did you guys – you started in the off-road side of it. You never really kind of crossed over into moto any?
1: Yeah, no, we we were off-road through and through and um, did some small things here and there. We we tried to go to Loretta's. Um, the regionals always overlapped with the GNCC or a national under that we were competing in. So even this year, I wanted to go to Loretta's. Uh, didn't work out. Uh, just one of those things, like, obviously, it's, it's not my forte, uh, but – It's something that as a professional racer, it's kind of on your bucket list. Like it's one of those things you just kind of have your sights set on like, hey, I'd like to go try it one day. Um, And, you know, obviously being to Lurettas and seeing it like the event sadly means nothing. I I understand that you got to take that with a grain of salt, but like in the grand scheme of things, it's not anything like an outdoor national. It's more like a GNTC, but if you get a bad start, it's almost unrecoverable so to say that you want to go there and compete is one thing but like you got to have your Heath Harrison start style and your GNCC lines Um, if I can get a Heath Harrison start my lines will be fine um and I think it's just you know it's more or less like going for for the whole event but the event but uh yeah to to backtrack yeah we did some motocross stuff here and there growing up um you know, just a lot of speed work. Almost everybody kind of plays on the motocross track on, on our side now. And owning a, tra- a training facility, we're four out of five days on moto track. So, um, you know, to me, that's where I can, as a trainer, I can see the riders. I can also focus on what I'm doing um, versus having to dodge that root, that rock, that tree i um, not saying it's not beneficial for me to go back in the woods, but, um, you know, it, it's it's more or less, be it, uh, as far as building speed, I'm going to do it on the motocross track, so, um, but yeah, growing through the ranks, we, we, we tried to do as much as we could, we raced every single weekend, and if, if moto was the closest thing, then we were definitely hitting it, but um, we were kind of through and through GNCC, and at an early age, I think nine years old, we started getting support from KTM, so it was one of those things you just the, the paths kind of paved for us and my brother and I both uh, just followed that the whole way through and um, now you know there, there's times where I wish I would have done a little bit more on the moto side but uh, it, it is what it is and and I'm I've made a good career out of it and now it's the time that I can go play on some motocross. For ho- hopefully next year we will do a little more of that.
0: Yeah, you sort of, you sort of uh, set yourself up to to head back to Loretta or head to Loretta's as a competitor next year when you're in the the, the announcing booth. You're calling out uh, Ryan Sipes, and Sipes is calling out Wyndham, and Wyndham's calling himself out. Um, so that was pretty exciting to see. When it comes to skill set, I think the one thing that sort of gets people a little bit hesitant to jump straight into the the world of the off-road is the fact that the skill set, like going into the woods – there, there are certain things that are just different, are like different skill, like different actual bike skills and ways that you go about things that are just uh, a lot, a lot different than you do say for motocross, but what is it that translates? Well, what do you, what can you practice on a motocross track that
1: will actually help you out onto the woods? So there's, there's like, that's kind of like a three piece answer, but, Perfect. um, number one is control. Like you can't have speed without control uh so you can do that you can practice control i have my moto guys play in the woods from time to time usually they're pre-madonnas and way too soft to do it but yet they'll sit there and make fun of my off-road guys when they come out on the moto track but at least they're trying so as a whole what i see owning a training facility where four days out of five like i said we are on a motocross track the off-road bunch is is way more apt to go out of their comfort zone and try new things the moto crowd, it's like they've got their blinders on and you know, a lot of people don't know chase Sexton overall to GNCC. A lot of people don't know that Eli Tomac ran works races. A lot of people don't know that chance Hymas is, is running NCGPs. Like you look through and and these guys like, yeah, I mean the top riders, they, they can hold their own anywhere because it's bike control. They have so much bike control and doing stuff out of your comfort zone. So when you're going to try an off-road event, It's it. It would be like me going to one motocross, one pro motocross and saying I'm done. I'm never trying this again. Um, You know, it's kind of silly. Like, obviously, there's going to be so many things that don't translate, but a lot of guys never give it the chance. And I think that being a master of both would help long, longer in your career or even even if you're just a say just a a 50 plus a rider. Go race a motocross if you're a GNCC guy or, or vice versa. Try it. Figure out, like, hey, obviously you're competitive. You made it to the A class, whatever it may be. Um, you want to be better, like go and sharpen your skills. So to wrap that up, control. You have to have control before you have speed. Um, second is fast is fast. So I don't care. I, I mean, we look at Dante Oliveira, who just who's never done anything moto related. Like, yeah, I'm sure he goes and rides with the guys, but round one, um, Goes and qualifies what P8. So I mean, fast is fast. Like I don't care how you skin it, fast is fast. And and you can't tell me, yeah, and and you can't tell me that an off-road guy that races works is on the same motorcycle as the top motocross guy. Um so would he go on win? Probably not. But Eli Tomac's not gonna go beat him or, or Jet Lawrence isn't gonna go beat him at a works race. So but regardless, fast is fast. When it gets to fighting for one percent, whether whether it's skill or speed, fast is fast. I don't care how you skin it. Like the things that correlate in riding a motorcycle are going to be the same in motocross versus off-road. Um the third piece is where it gets tricky, like the things that 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 translate like a motocross guy is very, very good at using body suspension. Um, what I would say like big rollers, uh, faces of jumps, make sure they're standing before it. Where an off-road guy is really, really good with what I would say footwork. So what we see jet Lawrence doing over the breaking bumps, like that shit that wins people are <laughs> every facility. I watch videos. It's like every facility's posting. They're trying to get their kids to jump these breaking bumps and I'm watching them. And like, even the instructors are doing it on their heels. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. Like to me no. though, as an off-road guy, I do that. Yeah. It's, it's all from your toes. And I do it every single weekend. When I see a rock before a section of rocks, I'm not going to hit every rock. I'm going to preload it. Um, but you got to have really good footwork. So the, the correlation of, of, of where motocross is really good with their body off road guys are really good with their feet. Um, you know, trying to mix those and and make them work together is, is a big piece to having total control, which again, leads up to speed. So, um that's the that's kind of the the correlations and you look at the top riders in either sport like i i really wish and i know some people are like uh, w- we could get some backfire here like caleb russell went to the prone motocross and was a 15th to 20 place guy like he wasn't impressive that guy had just had three kids yeah. and announced retirement like I think if he would have gone a year before, like Caleb and I talked before that, before he went out and did all that. And he he kind of he kind of alluded that for him, um, racing, he didn't have that edge, that that desire to put it all on the line and know, hey, there is a possibility that I break my neck today and still give it a hundred percent chance that or hundred percent um on his riding. So like we all have to we all have to oh my gosh, I'm getting blown up. Um so Amazing. we we all as racers like when you're when you're fighting for that edge like you have to know the risk like you have to know there is a chance and you have to be able to kind of overcome that. When Caleb went to motocross, he wasn't there anymore. He wasn't there mentally. He wasn't there the year prior to that. That's why he already knew that he was retiring that year um you know I I would loved to see him in his what I would say his prime like I'm not saying he wasn't in his prime at that point he just wasn't there mentally I would have loved to see the year prior what he could have done there and then on top of that you know we all saw like he had a really bad crash at Paula um crushed his face he never got to test I mean he never got to go and truly put in the effort that it takes and you know even when you look beyond that like Aside from Jet Lawrence, let's say, um, which obviously, you know, we hear his name enough and and I hate to keep beating a dead horse. I'm sure everybody does. But like aside from him, you don't go to pro nationals and win your first year. Like it just doesn't happen. Like same thing with GNCC. You watch guys come over and it takes two to three years. And it's the little things. It's like, man, you go to my local track. I know. I know the fast line even if it looks slow. You don't know that. Um you go to you go to Apollo one year, you know, okay, this is this is going to be the fast. line. Obviously, those that's different cuz a lot of guys train there, but you know, you let's say let's say a Washigo. Like the same lines every year almost form and a uh, a lot of a lot of that like we haven't seen a guy give it a fair shot to where we can say all right, that that off-road guy can genuinely do it. And I think that there's guys, I think that there's guys that are really capable of, of top five, top eight consistently. So I gave it two years, but again, fast is fast and no different than Eli Tomac had his way paved in motocross. I had my way paved in off-road, uh, off-road and maybe one day we'll meet at the ranch. That'd be cool.
2: That would be cool. I was, it was cool. Cause I felt like Especially this year with Mother Nature playing her part in it, I felt like that woods versus Moto discussion happened like pretty consistently throughout the throughout the week. It was obviously you had the heat and the endurance and stuff like that. But when rain really started to come, um, even before it, it flooded, just when it was thick and line selection was was crucial in the sense of you needed to preserve the bike as well as uh as well as your riding. You know, some of your guys, in particular, Canyon, um, obviously, uh, little man Caleb Wood as well. Uh, That one video of him going down the, ooh, a dollar. God, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I know both of you guys have reposted it. That that cracked me up. But uh, those type of conditions, I I felt like I was trying to watch what it was that they did. But one of the biggest things I noticed was they just didn't seem as phased. Like I feel like uh, some of the argument of the the motocross riders are soft is it's like it takes very little it seems to throw off your mental game. Whereas it seems like with GNCC, there's been a couple times I've you know you guys are getting ready to head towards the line, the bottom's about to fall out. Like I feel like almost because your race covers such a long period of time, like there's a lot of stuff that can happen in three hours. You guys are a little bit more conditioned content yeah almost just content with like hey it's gonna do what it's gonna do and i mean now obviously you've got some differences in the sense of pit stops and stuff like that but i think when you do see some of those woods riders uh even even ben elko going and and racing at loretta's and stuff like that i think when the weather or when some of these just unexpected things pop up it doesn't seem to to rattle them quite as much
1: yeah i i would definitely agree with that like obviously you know canyon we should have seen two champions out of championships out of him i think everybody saw that that was that was such a bummer those engines letting go and even even one of the motos where he ended up second you know he was in the lead we saw the engine start smoking he dropped the fourth somehow pulled it off but um yeah super super bummed for him i know he was he was pretty upset with that um but yeah when you when you talk things like that it's we understand that you can't control the variables. And, and obviously Canyon was a moto kid came to off-road race races like Georgia, which I've been doing this since I could walk again. And, and that was the worst mutter I've ever seen. Like that was terrible. So um, yeah, I mean, you, you're not, you're not changing the way. Yes. You have to change the way that you ride, but you're not changing the way that you attack the track. Um, And I think, I think a lot of the Moto kids just got down on themselves because they don't know, like they don't know what it's like to ride in those elements. Like, yeah, okay. So we've seen the Mill training facility post that their kids are gonna go out when it rains. All right, cool. You wrote a sand track in the rain. Like that's the oh, best time. Awesome. Riding. Yeah, it's just awesome. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like dude, when it's when it's gonna piss down rain, I'm thinking, man, where's some sand? Um, but no, like going out to a GNCC where there is, it's completely uncontrollable. Like you've got all, you've got the entire stack of cards dealt against you on those days. It feels like, and you somehow persevere. Like that's where I think some of that off-road mentality helped in that week. And, you know, a lot of championships, I would say 50 to 60% of the championships, maybe more than that were decided by the weather this year. Like, and and it's it's kind of it's kind of sad, and I'm guilty as well. Like man, when it rains, the facility I've got a lot of moto kids. Like we're majority moto, so the first thing I do is get on the dozer. And after Loretta's this year, I'm sitting there going, man, I'm either going to lose half my group next year, or they're going to see what happened to Loretta's this year. Um, you know, you look all the way back to the year that Plessinger had so much success. I think it was a very similar year, and he had that off road background. I mean, it's built a career off of a week because he was prepared for it. A lot of the kids were not prepared. I mean, they 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 did the steps to go there on a perfect day, but man, when it wasn't perfect, you saw the shit hit the fan. The parents weren't prepared. They had, you know, you to me, it was it was almost like it, it was almost rattling. And as a facility owner, it also made me go back to my notebook and put down a list of Next year, when we go to Loretta's or when we go to Minio's, you're coming with all of this. If you want to be a part of this facility, like we're not going to come unprepared because my guys were not prepared. But as an off-road guy, I never thought about it because I've since I was on 65s. Like we've had rain covers, we've had we've duct taped our air boxes. We put it, back in the day it was pencils on the grips. Now ODI has some different stuff. Some guys use Scotch bright around the grips. Some guys have the risk racing things. Um, the, the extra visor on the goggles, the, the foam on the top of the help on top of the helmet, like there's so many things that the majority of these kids were never prepared for. And I'm like, all right, so you're, you're telling me that you've been in preparation for this event since qualifiers started in February, March. So we've had five, six months for some of you, some of you've been training since last November you've got eight months to get ready for this single event and you're going to let it sneak up on you because of some bad weather, like really? I mean, and you've got a hundred thousand dollars. A place that's, that's known for some weird. bad weather. Yeah. A place that's known for a hundred percent. So yeah, I mean that, that to me, like watching the people scramble in the parking lot or watching the people shut down or watching guys not show up to the line because they knew they weren't prepared. Like I'm sitting there as an off-road guy going, Man, this is this is ridiculous. But then, you know, when you have that moment afterwards where you actually put thought to it and you're not, and you're done busting megawatts balls basically and, and talking shit on the motocraft, like, you know, I, and, and that's just, that's just joking. Like, obviously yeah. we're, we're, we're majority moto. So, um, again, slogan fast is fast. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Like, fast yep. is fast. We thought of the Redis, but, Amen. um, yeah, like, when, when I'm looking at those things, I, I kind of had that second thought, that realization when I got back to the to the house and I'm like, I need to come up with a list for my guys. Because a lot of these people don't understand that this week, that single week could dictate their career. Um, at the same time, a lot of them put way too much hype on it. So, I, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later. But like. These kids have literally, or their parents, their families have bought an RV. They've sent them to, to a training facility. They've spent $3,000 a month on a training facility, $1,000 a month on school. They've got a hundred grand into an event and they didn't bring a mud. A mud yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. like, That's, so
0: blows my mind that, that people would, wouldn't show up completely prepared, especially because you said, yeah, there's people who put this race as high on a pedestal as possible that they'll they'll mortgage the house to go to this thing and uh yeah they they didn't bring the kid a a rain jacket
1: yeah yeah so like those are like those are the things where you know any of the moto obviously you guys have the moto following like man don't sit here and get pissed off at me for for busting on you i i'm trying to make you better i promise like i tough love tough love helps you remember i You'll you'll never hear you'll never remember something from a soft spoken person like it's got to be blunt It's got to be direct. And there's your direct call out. Get your shit together. (laughs) Moms and dads do it for little Timmy. Um, I mean, it was it it, like luckily we had our GNCC rig. So I had all of my stuff. So we had we had the raincoats. We had we had what we could, but there were still things that that I didn't have for my guys because, you know, it wasn't me preparing for it and as an off-road guy i mean legitimately since we were on 65 you bring that stuff for not knowing the elements i mean there's times where we'll go to a race and it may be bone dry but we're going to cross a river man you better tape that air box up you better have a raincoat on top of your filter or there's races that are so dusty that we have to change a filter like we we're prepared for all of the elements and at a week like loretta's i mean it was it was like i said kind of kind of mind-blowing how few people were actually ready for the elements i mean mike brown threw away a championship Uh, i gotta call him out he probably won't listen to this anyway but he's an off-road he's a somewhat off-road guy he rode enough off-road that he should know better yeah i think that bike would have made it had his airbox been taped up but um next year he'll probably be in the 25 class trying to take me out and turn one for that comment
0: No doubt, and so like this, this last year was like monumental as far as rain. I think it's hilarious. It's my first year ever going, and everyone's like, "I've never." It, it We've always had rain there, but never this much. So uh, I'm glad I was able to at least be be there for the first of something. But when it comes to you and your approach to like competing yourself, you you walk with a lot of confidence. Whether like you you have uh like you're a fun-loving guy, you I think you you have a lot of confidence in what you're able to achieve and, and in in any conditions, where does that come from? Is that just, is that just like cultivated over years and years of, of having successful situations or is that something you can sort of just call upon at a moment's
1: notice? I, you know, there's a, there's a few things. Um, there's a lot of things. It, it starts at an early age. It starts with family. Um, You know, I, I've, I had this discussion with a few people and, and I've had parents ask me the similar question, like, how do I get my kid to, to deliver? Like, how can, how can we do this? And, and man, if I had that perfect answer, I'd be a billionaire, but Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, But, but what I can say is your, your kid has to be pushed. You can't have a pansy. You can't have this new way of life where the children get to call the shots i mean god there's stuff you see on facebook where you have to ask approval to change a baby's diaper like nah (laughs) you've got to be aggressive to your children but not to the point where it's not reassuring like when my dad came down on me because he was disappointed in me he was not disappointed in me in particular he was disappointed because he knew that i was better than that and there was always that underlying message so when when you see guys like you know you you always hear about the the parents that are really hard hard on a kid, listen to what they're saying. If they're saying you're no good, flat out you're no good. You're a waste of time. You're a waste of money. I've put too much into this program. You're failing. That kid feels like he's failing. Um, my dad was hard. I mean legitimately smacked me on the back of the helmet before every race pissed me off. I wrote really good pissed off. Number one, you have to know your kid and know like, do they need, do they need to, do you need to back off? Like my brother was opposite. dad never smacked him in the back. They tried it once, man, Grant was crying. He thought his God was up doing it. Like, um, so, you know, you, you got, you've got to know your kid, but, but even with the soft ones, like at the end of the day, when, when they come across that line, And they did not compete up to par. You can't come down on them and say, you suck. You, 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 basically. There has to be an underlying message. And my dad was always the type that he would cuss me. And the reason he would cuss me was the underlying message that he said, you're better than this. You know you're better than this. You know you're better than the guy beside you. You, you, you screwed this up, but you know that you were better than this. And as a kid, obviously, you know, you only hear the negative. You suck. Um, but you've got to have, as a parent, like you You can't just let your kid go on thinking that he's the greatest. I mean, how, what, what is that going to teach him? Let's say they don't make it into dirt bike racing. A lot of parents, I hear them say, oh, yeah, we're just here for fun. No, you're not. If you were here for fun, you wouldn't go to Loretta's or you wouldn't go to a national event. That's the only events I go to. You're not here for fun. I'm not here for fun. The kid's not here for fun. And if you do that, if you say that, you're lying to yourself. So it starts all the way at the beginning. You're not here for fun. You're here to do what you set out to do. You've got to teach your kids, like, if you have goals, and most of the parents that can afford to go racing are successful, they had goals. They met their goals. They did what they could. Yeah, it comes well, with they tough time. It comes with Yeah. I mean, there, there's, there's a reason they're there. So, you know, successful people and successful people build successful people, but you gotta be careful with how you talk to your kids, you know, up until that point. And again, you can't be soft. You cannot just roll over. But, um, secondly is, is knowing, knowing your faults, knowing where you can build. I was always good at knowing, knowing where I could build and also knowing my competitors, um, And that leads me to kind of the whole thing of confidence, like, man, there is nothing more dangerous than the most confident guy in the parking lot. It doesn't matter if I get 10th tomorrow, I promise I will have more confidence and my head will be higher because I understand like negativity builds negativity and the same thing with positivity. So if if I come off the track and I look for the negatives, which again, as a racer, you have to do, you have to know your faults. You look at those; they're not negatives; they're faults. There's something you can build on. Um, your your positivity comes with everything that you did good that day, and you got to know that you're the best guy. You're the most equipped guy. I don't care if you did half the work; the guy beside you did. When you line up to that race, you have to know that you are the baddest mf'er on the line. Um, you know, my top kids. We've got this new saying, like for our team, and and it's a it's a it's a joking saying, but are you an MFR? and i'll look right at my guys and say are you and you got one answer it's yes hell yeah who are you here for i'm here for me why are you here because i want to win and that's the you know that's kind of the mentality that you have to have and you have to it's a it's a it's a juggling act like definitely you you've got one side pulling one way and another going the other because you have to know your faults to get there but, or to build on it, but when you're at that race, the day you cross that gate, you sign your name, you pay that entry fee, you are the baddest son of a bitch in the parking lot, and there, there, that's plain and simple. And I think we can all agree, like mentality, a racer's mentality will take them farther than than skill in a lot of situations. Like 100%. there's a lot of a lot of places like this year, like at Loretta's. I mean, there was kids that. When they saw that rain, they shut down. And there was others that man, they may even suck in the mud, but they saw that rain and they said, "Let's get dirty. We're going to win." And and then there's other kids. I I can't remember the kid's name. Number forty five on a KTM the B class, leading, crashed, came all the way back to the front from get from like a funny. minute down. So I can't. Fun. I can't remember. All I know is that if he ever wants a GNCC ride, he needs to hit me up because that kid is that Jeremy funny Yes, yeah. Football, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that I kid remember. has that's the on the like no other. Yeah, that's the person that that like he's got this hate tank that's a mile deep. Like his his tank is big. That kid, that kid has got it. Um, that kid had the confidence to do what he had to do. He was buried in last place. A minute down and came back for the championship and I think second and that motherfucker was top three. I mean the guy, like that kid, dug deep. That's that's above all else. Kind that of that was a championship step. ride.
0: That that one won his championship. He it went was. down in it Storyland, was. got ran over by a hundred people. And I, I, we were standing up there in the announcing tower. I'm like, ah, motor's done. And yeah, yeah. After 20 minutes, that. that kid was like, yeah, check me out.
1: 20. No, they cut it to 12. That kid Either did way. that in 12 minutes. Yeah.
2: He did that in 12 minutes. I mean that well, and I think that's that, like, that even the time cut even speaks more to the mentality. Like so many times at Loretta's, especially quite honestly, for those top B and A guys, you know, they've they're usually there in two classes. And it's like if they go down, especially with a cut moto or something like that, he was a championship favorite. It's like it'd probably be pretty easy to be like. You know, this one's not gonna happen. Let's go get ready for the next one. But to be able to say, not nah, to hell with that. Like we still got twelve minutes of racing. Uh, yeah, I definitely think it speaks to the grit and the the character.
1: Yeah. And and that's kind of the final piece of like what gives me more confidence in the next guy. It's like, you know, you 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 walk the you walk the walk, you talk the talk, but do you really like do you really know you got it? A guy yeah. like that, that's a guy that you know he's got it. Like if it's the third hour, I'm a minute down, you better not count me out. And I know that. And other guys know that. And I've, I've shown that. And that's where like, for sure it, it took me, I was, you know, five-time national Enduro champion. So I had, I had some clout. I, I made a very good career, but I didn't, I never had that swag in the GNCCs until I beat Caleb on a bike that I had ridden for an hour. Like, after that point, I'm like, you know what? I, I'm the man, like Caleb was the man, but now I am the man. And I know that. And, you know, it's, it's funny up until that point, I was always focused on what they were doing and they were always focused on themselves. And that's, you know, that's that final piece that, that you're going to be something in this sport is you're focused on yourself while everybody else is focused on you. And, and that's kind of where I want to be. And, you know, and hell in GNCC right now, I swear there's five of us that have that same mentality. Um, but there's there, there's the one that's going to be the strongest. And, you know, you look at that guys, like, like the Fapani kid, like that's the one that, man, if I had some money to put on him, that that's my racehorse.
2: Well, and like it's, it. it's a nice <clears throat> little segue to the GNCC stuff, because that's, that brings an interesting point up. I feel like compared to the pro moto world, besides maybe your your training facilities or obviously like your star compound or something like that, you guys ride together a lot. Like I've seen you riding with with Ricky, with Craig, with uh, some of the KTM guys. Like, And obviously you guys are all rather somewhat closely located. But I find it interesting that so many of you guys ride together that aren't a part of the same team or aren't a part of this, where it's like, you know, I think Ricky came down for just a little bit and hung out at the Shoals and rode some. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Ricky was here today. Ricky and Liam both. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's it's definitely fun. different. Definitely different in the off-road side of things.
2: Yeah. I think it's, uh, that's got to be, that's cool though, because like so many times we do see you all discussing things, but at the same time, like in the back of your mind, that's got to be, it's got a kind of a complex role or like a, a weird role to walk, right? Right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's, there's always those days, there's always those times where, you know, and we're all guilty of it. Like, obviously, usually it happens when you're not having the most success, Um, but you kind of start pulling yourselves away from the most successful guy. So um, there, there's been times where I've done it. There's been times where it's been done to me uh, because you you know it, and you don't really want like if you're at that point, if you are the XC one guy, you are a, a championship contender, or whatever it may be. Like you've had this mentality of I'm the best the entire time, and you had to to get there. And then you start hanging out with this guy who might have a little more success, and now kind of like you definitely feel it, like whether you're on one end or the other, week to week even you notice the little things like, man, when I, when I kind of went on a roll a couple of years ago, like I had, I had just got back from injury after injury. I was on the couch for eight months, six months. Like I had a lot of friends, a lot of friends, all of the racers that I had grown up with, I could text them, call them, go drink a beer with any one of them. Four races later and four wins later, (laughs) that list, shrunk significantly so and and it's nothing personal like i know those guys and 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 i'm friends with all of them again but it's not that it's not that we dislike each other's you kind of distance yourself so that you can try to refocus on yourself and right um you know there's definitely times where you'll see us riding a lot together summer break winter time during the season though you'll notice like it kind of pulls back like you'll see I mean, Ricky and I will be that way. Like he's the groomsman at my wedding. I was a groomsman to him. Same with Liam. Like we're going to be, we're going to be boys outside of that. Like, man, we're going to be the first one to call and say, congratulations when you win. But for a lot of the group, like you'll notice during race season, it does start, it does start to slow down. Even XC2 riders want to hang out with XC1 riders. Like, you know, in the off season, all the XC two kids are usually as fast as us. And then they go racing and they're like, man, I'm getting my doors blown off in my class, much less their class, what's going on. And they kind of get this, this mental block. Like one of them that I see in particular, like he's a buddy of mine. I I'll probably upset him with this comment, but Good. I, I know I can say it is Evan Smith. Like he, he's one of those guys that has to be mentally strong, but he always separates himself. Man, when the season comes around, that kid just dips out. And during the off season like he's the fastest one we ride with. He's faster than he's faster than anybody in X E one, but he's just an occasional XC2 guy. And I think when he gets to the season and he thinks, Man, I've I've done the work. I know I'm the guy. He gets there, he gets beat, he gets overwhelmed, he shuts down, he separates. Um, but you know, definitely the difference on off-road and moto, for sure, like you'll see a lot more of us kind of hanging out and and a lot of times antagonizing each other. But um, we're all we're all good friends at the end of the day. And hell, I think a lot of the reason that we are better friends than the motocross supercross crowd is we don't make the same money. Those guys are fighting over millions worth fighting over couple hundred thousand if you're lucky so um you know we we're we're there's there's a a little more room to be friends over here it's
2: an interesting viewpoint to bring up on it too yeah that's that's interesting but no i think it's cool it's been something that uh obviously with this being my first year really closely being around it and and summer break especially i've been like man these guys like all over the country you guys are hanging out i mean phoenix guys the ktm guys like it's it's cool to see just coming from such a especially another side where i do feel like and brad you probably know more than i do on this but it's like there's a there's a cold element to it like in that pro rank where it's like hey i'm gonna oh, do my thing like
0: there's there's top guys in, in 450 class they've spent years not talking like yeah they like there's even times where uh wh- like when tomac and Barsha were teammates didn't talk to each other for over a year You'd be teammates. You're, you're you're on you're on photo shoots together. You don't you like you don't be like, hey man, like what's going on? Yeah. But uh do we gotta let you go soon there, Stu? Ah, oh, you're good. You can
1: keep me. I've got uh we've got enough battery and, and my computer seems to be working in the background, so that's it, hilarious. It Still got our backup. I d I don't know what happened after an hour delay of trying to I, oh, good. dude. I was set if Zach didn't text back and say just do it on your phone. The computer was going through this wall. I've got to repaint it anyway. Like it's an awful, it's an awful yellow color. Um, So who picked that? By regardless, the way? what's that? Who picked the color? Um, it was here when we bought the place seven years ago, and I've mm. been saying for seven years I was going to repaint it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we well, just found nervous, out that yes. Stuart
1: Baylor is a procrastinator. I am one hundred percent. I'm the type that like. If I was going to, I would prefer blow this wall out than repaint it. Like my last bathroom (laughs) project, like I, I, during COVID, I got, I thought I was a handyman for, for a brief period. I was just so damn bored. And there were some good prices at Lowe's. I went to Lowe's one day, didn't like the light fixture in my bathroom, ended up changing everything, everything like $15,000 later, I'm still working on the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. yeah that's that yeah it's it, outside of that like it's either it's we're doing all or nothing like i'm gonna drive a bulldozer d- uh, bulldozer through this wall throw a computer at it before i repaint for sure absolutely
0: <laughs> perhaps, perhaps a computer before the bulldozer so that are you saying that you have a really nice bathroom now maybe like a like yeah, glass like thing, shower surround some like from a tile, tile that a leads up.
1: yeah 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 Oh yeah, I I did it all. All all new toilets with like the soft closed lids, the the That's the living. white and black like marble separate sinks and this is for the guest bathroom. My bathroom's terrible. Like our our yes. bathroom's were outdated, but um the wife wants it done, but we actually just bought some new property that I'm going to build on. So now it's I can't procrastinate any longer. I'm hiring a contractor. I met with him yesterday because, well, I'm a procrastinator. So um, <laughs> this place is gone. I'm moving a mile from the track. And we have like the sickest turn track ever that we rode today. So it's like the uh, that's why I bought the property. Went over, it, looked at it, wanted to be closer to the track anyway. Looked down in the bottoms and I was like, you cannot put a price tag on dirt like this. Only a dirt a bike rider would think of that. Like the the land was kind of select cut. They left a bunch of stumps and a lot of shit to clean up. But all I could think about was, man, the turn track I can make here. So, before putting a driveway in, before doing anything else, we took the tractor over the skid steer, popped a few stumps up, and made a turn track.
0: Priorities, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Stuart. Um, if I was like, if I was planning a trip in in your in your mind of like the absolute perfect moto uh escape where are we going we're going for a week put this together for me we're going for a week you can bring three people with me with with you i actually have to come away as well so there's gonna be a fourth you can add three more people um where are we going what are we riding and and what's so special about it
1: that all depends on the time of year um i think there's three different places and three trips We don't have the budget for it, but we can do it. It's like, I I genuinely, I I can't, I cannot, I cannot give you a place out of, like, they're all three so close in comparison because each one's so badass for what they have. Um, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. Okay. Why? It is unreal. So during the middle of the summer, you've got 40 degrees in the morning, 70 degrees in the afternoon. Right now, this time of year, when it's brutal hot, you've got uh, endless things to do. A lot of us, a lot of us being dirt bike racers are outdoors people. There's so much to do, whether you want to go hit the salmon that are running right now, or whether you just want to go and hang out on the water on one of the great lakes that surround the entire place, or one of the rivers, one of the white water wrapping outside of riding. UTVs are legal on the road. You can literally do basically whatever. The weather's perfect. The the sand is a different style of sand. Like you have, there's like two different kinds of sand. There's like Florida sand. And then there's South Carolina sand or the sand that you see occasionally throughout random States or in the river bottom. And that's what the sand is up there. It holds a little bit better than the powdery Florida sand. So it's just like unbelievable for riding the most fun stuff. You hit super coop on the way up one of the motocross tracks in Michigan. Um, you've got a, a few places to to choose from a few other motocross tracks on the way through um red buds cool and all but like it's it's not the same sand like so i'm i'm after that good that good sand um the grand junction colorado trip is right. a good one um it's got everything like a it's lot of be elevation of, yeah a lot of elevation so literally you go to grand junction you look you look towards the airport and you see this this major this giant plateau that takes up the entire skyline and you drive towards it and eventually you'll see a dirt road turn in you drive back there and you start seeing trails unload it let's go riding um take extra gas take two or three friends and bring a cell phone you're going to see some of the some of the most interesting stuff then you go just south grand junction down towards the mountains and it's going to get rocky gnarly technical more for your off-road style but like the grand junction area it's it, you can go side healing and, and and make random transfers the 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 badass jumps um you'll never hear me say anything about california or anything on the west coast because genuinely if i lived out there i would not ride dirt bikes like the guys that think it's cool to ride dirt bikes in california i really feel bad for you like you're missing out on the rest of the world <laughs> um like trees and stuff yeah yeah the <laughs> the the third place is is and I, I don't know like how it would be to just go ride but going to portugal was probably one of the coolest places to have, have a dirt bike like we we get to compete every year at isde this year i chose not to go just wasn't quite comfortable where i was and um Portugal was a really really cool place that had sand it had elevation it had just anything you can think of great beaches great you you think of it it's there um so those would be like my picks but I've yet to go to Costa Rica I want to do that Costa Rica ride down there like I've seen a lot of cool stuff down there I know there's there's some motocross tracks so um Yeah, those would be, those would be definitely my top three. Like if you're in the country, upper peninsula, hit anything on Michigan on the way up and grand junction, man, you you cannot go wrong. Take a group. It's, it's enjoyable from the time you get there to the time you leave. And when you leave, it's not one of those places. Like so many places you go and ride for a week and you're like, all right, I've, I've had enough. I've done enough. I've seen enough. Like if, when you leave one of those places, you're like, shit, I got to go back to the real world. Like that's That's the, as a professional, it's, it's hard to find those places. Like I ride, I mean, I've ridden four hours in the last two days. Like you ride every single day. So to get to where you enjoy your motorcycle, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to find for me. And those are the places where like, it's, it's enjoyable.
0: Who are the three Goombas that would be joining you? And then also Zach
1: and I would be there as court jesters. All right. Um, Ricky Russell hey. is definitely coming. Um, I feel like like we gotta pick a moto guy, and this might sound weird. Like you would obviously think I was gonna go with Plessinger, but it'd be a good time. Not gonna lie to you, they get Plessinger. after it with us. <laughs> I. You know, you can find the bottle of that like, Tito's. I can tell you that much for free. I feel like Cooper Webb is like the closet partier that everybody Closet's- wants to party with. I think I, that closet is maybe cl- like kind of cracked open a bit. It's like teetering, like <laughs> yeah, like I, I think obviously, obviously, he's done a little bit of off road here in the last little bit. He's bouncing around. He's this mysterious guy that that everybody that that he thinks nobody knows who he's riding for um he's probably been consuming a lot of Coors lights in the last few weeks like and we see him in the off season he kind of gets the beer gut about him like tells me he's drinking pretty heavy like he would fit in with the group um so so that would be that would be my pick there and then obviously you're going to have to find like a free ride freestyle somebody just fun loving to be around so pastrana like there's not a better guy
2: sign me up we're done (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) like that would be i i don't know i feel like that would be the dream team yes
2: yeah but the only thing that terrifies me about that is i'll go from being the average joe just i'm there just to show it's possible to pastrana being like now you can flip that like what are you gonna try
0: and you you will flip that that he'll teach you how
1: Yeah, I'll you move. can't tell him no. My wife, my wife, even she gets there. We, we pull into his house. Like, it's the shit that you've seen since you were a kid. It's everything's there from the mega ramps to the, to the skate park. Like, I'm pulling in and I'm giddy as hell. I get down there and she's like, don't break your neck. And I said, babe, I've already <laughs> broke my neck. I'll be okay. She goes, you... <laughs> You, you're like I've never seen you act like this. Like you've met a lot of famous people and you've never acted like this. I said because it wasn't Travis Pastrana. Yeah, and there wasn't is, there's only one. Out. Yeah, like anything he says, you're probably gonna do it, even if it's against your better judgment. You're going to make a judgment call that, that is completely irrelevant. Well,
2: preservation goes out the window. Oh, like yeah. It's like
1: one, 100%. It gives you that crooked thumbs Plus, your, up. Your pep, you
2: talk from,
0: right? your pep talk from 20 minutes ago has me wanting to run through walls after this call. Like, it's just, yeah, hey, I, I don't think there, just, there would be no stopping us.
2: Travis, Travis Pastrana says you can do it, and then Stu Bader asks you, are you an MFer? Like, what are you <laughs> yeah. not going to do?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done. It's a back short here, list. Of coming things. back in a wheelchair. You'll wow. get a you get a cool orange hat. I think anybody that gets hurt around him gets like some one of a kind hat. So you'll you'll have that to take home. Hell yeah! Hey, I'm about and to some, wear it, an awesome and some event.
0: memories perhaps if you can remember right. them. 100%. Yeah, Stu, this was a blast, no, so, man. So, oh
2: yeah, hey Stu, before I let you go, we got we got a couple rounds left in the series. Obviously, you're coming in to tight points battle. Um, just for. Just for everybody that's, you know, maybe sitting there saying, hey, we know how things are going in the 450 moto class. Uh, we've got XC1. What's the mentality coming into these final rounds? Like, it's not like this. A lot of people call it the second half of the season, but it's not, it's not half of the season. It's only a couple races. Like, how much of the sense of urgency is, is right from the flag drop when you get back to racing?
1: You know, it, it's uh... – there's there's a lot weighing on it for three different people. And and we've never seen three people this late into a season this close. So three guys, four points, two of us are tied. I I'd love to say I'm I'd love to say I'm winning, but I'm not. I'm tied for it. Um <laughs> so there is there's a major sense of urgency to kind of show dominance. But then at the same time, let's say I go and I win this next round. Well, I've won that round every year we race there except one DNF and I was leading on the last lap of the mile to go there. Like they're going to look at that and say, well, that's a gimme. Like let's see next round at the round where he hasn't won ever since we've been there, except by technicality. So it, it, it's, it, it's going to be a dog fight to the end. And I think regardless, it's going to come down to Ironman. Um, hopefully we get good conditions so you can really see like who was the best rider on this day. Hopefully it's not dusty. Hopefully, you know, last year, shitty dusty. Like that's, that's the problem with this versus motocross. Like anything can happen. So I have to be prepared for absolutely anything. And the only thing that I can do is worry about myself and know that preparation is key um, from practicing starts to try to, you know, if if that Ironman, race is as dusty as it was last year like i've got to be up front um if it's as muddy as the year before then taping my airbox and getting ready for deep nasty ruts which we practiced so we, we we flooded the track today so i'm ready for some nasty ruts um but yeah like the the biggest thing at this point with three rounds remaining is preparation and knowing that you are prepared for any of the elements and um you know it kind of goes back to where we were talking about earlier as kids like you know, they're a little more prepared than the rest being from the off-road background. Like we know that each track does play uh, and to whoever is the favorite for that day. Um, and sometimes it's just based off of a start, like in motocross, a ruts, ruts, tracks, a track. And usually if it's raining like hell, they're going to try to scrape it and you're going to see the same guy win regardless, nine times out of 10 GNCC, Every track kind of plays completely different um, on bike setup, tire selection, and and who gets a start. So um, a lot that goes into it. But the main thing is knowing that I'm prepared. I'm down 25 pounds. These fuckers aren't going to know what hit them.
2: <laughs> right. You heard it here first. I'm excited.
1: Ladies and
0: gentlemen, the Verb Modal broadcast, Stuart Baylor absolutely crushing it uh this episode so much fun dude we're gonna have to do this again uh maybe we just like only just call you up and think yeah. of like um possible trips that we're going i
1: think that was my favorite part um then right, we'll go ahead and plan it you just tell me when you want to book it give me the gopro deal first off we'll um, figure out we what to...
0: tp's up to ricky's yeah, gonna be give, no problem give me this
1: gopro deal
0: <laughs> yeah no, i got the, the, yeah you want to be in the wrong quest
1: let's do it all right I I'll go buy a Grom I guess no it's
0: like it's just like so, a grom being like a like a young person
1: so oh actually you could that totally
0: I, like we're gonna talk about some stuff afterwards because uh, I've got yeah. some ideas with Shoals and Grom Quest and a bunch of other things uh but uh maybe that doesn't even make the podcast but yeah dude like uh yeah let's let's get TP in going on Ricky's already in uh coop yeah, he can ride in secrets. Um. Yeah, and I I did like that he put out a picture mm, this last weekend. Still had KTM gear on, so shame on you, Thor, because he's not changing gear brands. Uh where he where he's going. <laughs> um. But anyway. Uh. Yeah. This is this is so much fun. You
1: absolutely crushed it. I thought and
0: so. And me and, me and Zach were awesome too. Yeah.
1: I I, mean, I feel out. like I feel like next time we meet up, like you guys are gonna have to do way more talking. Like I I felt like. I was the new kid on the block and I was yeah. trying to overcompensate. So new next time, school. yeah, yeah, like you guys are going to have to shut me up, which is sometimes difficult. And you guys are just going to have to continue talking because there's a lot that I think, I think we can learn. So next time I'm going to come with a list for you guys. Yeah. I'm all right. I want to know, I, mean, I, I want to like... know moto. Like I, I want to know, like how do you look at, Mo- how do you look at us from the moto standpoint? Like we'll kind of leave it there. I, I did a funny YouTube thing uh, uh, a while back of taking a moto guy to, to the, to an off road track. Like I still got to do the flip flop on that one, but um, yeah, I, I want to, we're going to have to harp on this. And maybe with the GoPro deal, we can go ahead and push forward with that.
0: fair enough Dude, I'm going <laughs> to leave this guy. podcast, this show uh, with a shout out to a good friend of mine, Kieran McCullough, who had his bike stolen. Last Wednesday, before he raced at G- GNCC, he had an off-road race here. We have our MDR, Manitoba Dirt Riders. He went out there on his dad's borrowed bike with no prep whatsoever and what took uh, um, the Open A class. So uh, congratulations to Kieran. He is an absolute badass, and, uh, and he is an MFer if I've ever met one before, and so
1: is Stu Bailey. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear.
0: Hell yeah. Wasn't that conversation just fun? Thanks to Stu Baylor, thanks to Zach Heron for coming on, and thank you guys for watching/slash listening to this episode of the Verb Moto broadcast. Now go get yourself some throttle therapy.